Welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from my freaking smoke alarms chirping all the freaking time. I guess we have to change our batteries. Um, I I don't know. I would rather do something else, but we have to figure something out because the constant beeping is so annoying. Uh, also, um, Legendary, um, the uh, film company, they just uh, greenlit a Dune sequel, and I haven't even seen the first one yet. Insecure is back for their fifth and final season. I love the episode. I love the Cheyenne robbery. That was hilarious. Um, she wouldn't take Issa's shoes. Oh my God, I couldn't stop laughing. Um, they're currently facing, the show is currently facing backlash over the portrayal of Tiffany as an AKA. Uh, also, uh, today, uh, it's, um, I guess, been announced uh, that Hollywood is reviewing gun safety protocols following the fatal rust shooting. Absolutely tragic story. Um, you know, this story reminds me of my talk about hiring crew members with this week's guest, Erica Hamilton Lubeck. Uh, but it also takes me back to my conversation about the IATSE strike with uh, Lila Cohan. Um, she was the uh, Bridgerton um, co-EP. And, you know, it, it, it's, it goes back to the fact that, you know, if you're overworked and underpaid, mistakes will happen. Uh, crew members, uh, I, it's uh, from what I've read, crew members have walked, walked off the set uh, days before the um, the fatal shooting, uh, citing unsafe conditions. Obviously, those concerns were ignored. Uh, and then someone that seemed inexperienced, in my opinion, from what I read, was left in charge of the prop guns. And then someone lost their life. So this didn't need to happen. It absolutely breaks my heart for Helena Hutchins and her family. Just really sad. Uh, but but this week I talked to Erica Hamilton Lubeck about her film, which has a title, but it hasn't been announced just yet. Uh, it's about a black girl's secret obsession with the band Journey. So uh, you're in for a treat. She was also a Knicks City dancer and uh, has some some uh, insight about that. That's uh, pretty cool. Uh, she's done a lot. And then uh, now she's a writer and filmmaker. So really cool. You'll meet her. But first up, some housekeeping. If you like the show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people to find the show. Let's kick things off with a sketch. It's a replay. It's a Dr. Marissa sketch called Certified Lover of Busy Town. Check it out. Sketch. 
Dr. Marissa Cephalopod, and I'm a bird certified psychologist. And yes, I'm also an octopus who lives at an aquarium in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Join me as I chat with patients from all walks of life, including superheroes. These are their stories. Dr. Marissa, your 8 a.m. appointment is here. What a tank! Next time, park your air drake in the aquarium parking lot, certified lover boy. No time, doctor. My city's on fire, and people are in denial. Oh, I know. I heard that in your song, Champagne Poetry. However, I haven't seen it in any of your Instagram captions yet. Fuck the gram. I'm still on a roll like Cottonelle. And still a bit braggadocious, I see. Interesting. What can I do for you? Yeah, well, I have an emotional budget I can't go over. That's why I'm here. Interesting. Are you ready to confess about your real city, Drake? What What are you talking about when you say the city? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down for you always, Dr. Marissa, but I don't think you're ready for the truth about my city. Yeah, I'm ready. Spill it. I know it's not Toronto. That's like a cleaner Manhattan from what I hear. But I also think it would help you, you know, make some, make a lot of progress on your journey. Well, I, when I was a little lover boy, before I was certified, my uncle gave me this book. Your uncle? Your uncle Larry Graham, the bass player? Okay, all right, I, I go on. Yeah, yeah, my uncle, he put me on. Anyway, the, the book was wild, it had a pig in a truck, alligators with jackhammers everybody was doing something grinding to be honest i never seen some shit like that before oh, oh I, I i see you know when i was a little octopus there was a book called richard scary's busy town. yo that's it busy town yes that's right i i know your secret drake when you talk about your city it's actually busy town nah the, the city's a city but busy town construct in my mind you feel me but in my mind, they let me fuck with the fire truck, and they call me Big Chief, too. Oh, uh, I thought they'd call you last name ever, first name greatest. No, that's just my thug passion persona. But what I really am is actually a cross between the fox pilot and an owl named Mr. Read a lot. No one's ready for that busy town uh, vibe. You see, that city has quite a vibe. You know, I had a crush on Fred the Squid. And there's an octopus in Busy Town too. Yeah, Oliver Octopus. My memories never faded. So the truth will come out one day, Drake. Everyone will know that your city is actually inspired by Richard Scary's Busy Town. And it's okay. I know it's in your head, but whatever. It's the city. It's okay. It's really okay. Can can people vibe with Busy Town? Of course they can. Champagne Poppy. Oh. Can you call me Big Chief like Busy Town do? Of course, Big Chief. This is why I fuck with you, Dr. Marissa. That's why you're my octopus therapist. And there you have it. Another breakthrough. Join us next time. I'm Dr. Marissa, octopus therapist. Oh, 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 oh,
And we're back. Awesome. Let's get into my talk with writer, actress, Erica Hamilton Lubeck. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So Erica, we're chatting on the day that William Shatner, aka Captain Kirk, goes into space at 90 years old, uh, thanks to uh, Blue Origin, um, uh, Jeff Bezos's um, rocket company, I guess, Um, which, you know, there's been a lot of controversy. It's like a boys club. Um, So, you know, we're going to be talking about being awkward black girls in Hollywood, which, you know, could be a cool club. I would like that. That would be a nice <laughs> Make club. <it> cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we could welcome in uh, someone like a William Shatner, like a, you know, a, a, a seasoned, um, you know, woman with gravitas, some someone who, who would be like a good, like a uh, black girl, a black woman nerd, uh, in the sort of William Shatner age group. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. Who would that be? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, mean, maybe, maybe Maxine waters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's dope. I would, I would follow her anywhere. Um, there was, there was a, a thing recently about her getting hacked, but then Twitter's like, she wasn't hacked. <laughs> But she's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And then she signed her tweet, M Waters. Oh, my goodness. She's she's the best. But no, she could I be like in her. the club. Let's hope. She's in the club. <laughs> no matter what. She's coming to our awkward cookout. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's pretty awkward to say that you've been hacked, but you might not have been hacked. Yeah. And I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she's. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's our sister. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. So I'm going to read your amazing bio. Um, competitive gymnast and dancer by training and originally hailing from Ohio, Erica danced her way through several cities before landing in Hollywood. She was once a sports reporter covering Bengals and Reds games. Uh, then she eventually became a New York City, a New York Knicks City dancer. Oh, my goodness. We have to talk about that. Um, it wasn't long under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden that Erica was discovered. She was prominently featured in the first generation of iPod ads. Her solo role opposite Bob Dylan was noted in Steve Jobs' biography as the most important commercial of that era for Apple. On screen, Erica has worked with some of the biggest and most renowned directors, including Paul Hunter, uh, Friedrich Bond, um, Tony Kay, Martha Coolidge, Mark Romanek, and Anne Fletcher, to name a few. Uh, Erica has rece- has recently opened the door to the next chapter, writing and producing films that better represent her unique worldview. Her soon-to-be titled Journey short film, the first script she wrote, shot, and produced won gold at the 2020 Page International Screenwriting Awards and is in post-production in preparation for the 2022 festival season. That's amazing. Um, This is incredible. Thank you so much for coming to the show. We are both members of the same mentoring group. We just met in person for the first time this weekend. Um, 
and uh, we both love Insecure and the original web series, Awkward Block Girl. So I want to talk to you um, just like, you know, our uh, sister, Martha, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Maxine, Maxine Waters, Auntie Maxine. Um, you know, I want to talk to you about being an in-betweener or just simply an awkward Black girl in Hollywood, um, you know, wanting to make stories about awkward Black girls like this. This is sort of, you know, our story. And of course, Black girls, women, um, you know, female identifying um, women included. So um, let's start with your short film, which is inspired by your love of the band Journey. Um, so I, you know, uh, most famously, like at the end of The Sopranos, uh, he's at Holstein's and Don't Stop Believing is playing Meadow Cant, uh, Parallel Park for her life. And then all of a sudden everything stops. So it's probably yeah. that Tony got whacked. You know, we don't know. Uh, but this, this is, this was one of your jams that's, growing up. That was my jam. Yeah. I mean, uh, all of the songs, <laughs> I really can't pick a favorite journey song. It depends on where I'm at in the moment it's playing, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, when Glee came out and they, they sang it too, I was like, yes, this is, this is my, this is my yeah. jam. Yeah, I want to talk about that too because you you have a show choir experience, <laughs> and and yeah. so yeah, like in the like the Glee Pitch Perfect. Yes. Yeah. yeah so we're we'll talk about that that too. But I first want to talk to you about this uh, journey short film. Um, you, you know, what was that first spark? That idea that popped into your mind that 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 um, that you felt like okay, I I have to write this. Yeah. Well, I, I had this moment, um, I, I have two kids and yeah. I had just uh, given birth to my son and I had a moment of freedom. They were at home. I was having a little joy ride on the PCH just to be alone. Wow. And That's a great it, moment. It, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and lights came on the radio and that was one of those moments where, yes, this is my, this is the journey song and I'm yeah, when the lights down, go down my, in the city right yes and I'm like you know singing and just enjoying my moment and I pulled out a stoplight and this 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 car of black guys pulled up next to me and I looked over and they looked at me and I was so mortified and I like turned down my music and like threw a like a uh, hard knock no <laughs> what am I doing? And I was like, I am a grown ass black woman who just had two kids. Why would I care that yeah. they heard me? And that sort of set off this, this moment of like, I, I actually do this often uh, for lots of different things. And it stems from growing up in my childhood. And I grew up, you know, in a predominantly white town, but my dad was the, um, my mom and dad were the only two black teachers in the county. Wow. And my dad taught African American history. And this is and right outside Dayton? Right out right north of Dayton, a um, uh -huh. small town called Piqua. And um, my dad taught current events in African American history. And so the whole town knew my family. And um, my dad had a lot of respect, but then he also got a lot of hate. Like people thought he was reverse racist and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, within my house- Dumbest term in the world. Oh, so stupid. It's, yeah. I mean, I would walk in to get lunch money from my dad and like kids would leave like swastikas like written on pieces of paper. Behind. Like I one day I saw him cleaning up like the desk and yeah. he just crumpled one up and I was like, 
did someone leave that for you? And he's like, 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 how do you, what, what are you going to do? This is stupid. Wow. Like, so, but in, within my household, um, we attended, um, a black Baptist church mm -hmm. and, and because of my dad's, you know, history being a history buff, like now he's like the family genealogist. Uh -huh. Um, he, we had a daily celebration of black culture in our house. We, I mean, I was always, he was always making us watch roots and making us watch, you know, historic films. And, um, and then, you know, I just loved growing up in the church, uh, you know, our songs, our hymns, our community, the resilience. I, I just loved it. And so in that scene, I really, um, I really yearned for um, the not acceptance, but I yearned for um, the people, uh, my people, to love me. I, you know, I just, I just wanted, I wanted not to love me. They already did, but um, validation. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted, I just wanted to make them proud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Validation, so, maybe. Validation. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, after a while, like I was a gymnast, you know, I, I did a lot of, I guess, white leaning thing, whatever that means, but I got a lot of shit from the, is this, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. <laughs> you can say whatever shit. the fuck you want. It's <laughs> all, right. all good. But I got a lot of shit from some of the kids in the, in the church and some of my cousins, you know, about the way I talk. It, it's a, it's a story that's been told before, but Taylor's told this time. You sound like a white girl. <laughs> I mean, Michelle Obama talks about it, like, but it really messed with me. Like yeah. it, I felt such shame because I wanted to make them so proud and because of the culture within my household of my parents, like all my, like everyone in my family went to an HBCU. Mm -hmm. I ended up going to university of Cincinnati because mm -hmm. I wanted to dance. And, you know, like that was what I, I did. And, and then, you know, I just felt like the black sheep, like everything, my brothers were listening to Eric B and rock Kim. And I was like secretly listening to journey, uh -huh. <laughs> loving these sort of hair metal band guys. And I realized that I was, I was constantly sort of hiding a little piece of myself um, so that I wouldn't get made fun of. Uh, and I'd, I've done that all the way until that moment on the PCH. And so I started writing this and I was like, this is going to sort of be my coming out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's really the background for how it all came to be. That's amazing. I, I, I definitely, um, like, I love, one of the things that I love about, uh, uh, you know, LA living is, is the driving in the car, yes. um, especially the moments where you're by yourself and you're, you're able to just, um, be in your own, like enclosed space yeah. and music can be as loud as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, there are times where I'm blasting, you know, bikini kill or, um, I don't know. One of my favorite songs of all time is uh, Pretend We're Dead by this band called L7. And so I and it's like kind of like um, a bad song, like a poorly produced song. But like <laughs> that's in hindsight. It, it, but I still like it still, you know, harkens back to me for me, you know, the time when I was uh, a kid. So that kind of like angst music like that, that I, 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 I love. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still, I still, you know, uh, long for it. Uh, but if I'm driving on Slauson and Crenshaw area, <laughs> You're not gonna play that. I might, I might lower it a little bit <laughs> yeah. or I might play it like, fuck yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, but even like when I lived in Flatbush too, um, 
I, I, and I grew up, I grew up with like, um, like, oh, what are you listening to Colette? And I, I would, you know, play, I don't know, Bikini Kill and, and, and a friend of mine would be like, oh, that that's really weird. And I liked it. I liked being liked weird, weird. Yeah. and it helped, it helped me in, in being weird. Yeah, um, but for like you, <laughs> you didn't like not. being weird at all. You wanted to be norm core. Yeah, I did not like being weird amongst other black people or other uh-huh. black kids. I wanted to fit into that group. I never tried to fit in with the white. I knew I couldn't. I mean, like, yeah. But, but what was weird too is I was very popular with, you know, a white crowd. And and I and it just fucked up my head that why aren't I pop more popular with this crowd? Like these are my people. Right. So, yeah, that's sort of those are sort of the themes that I'm like, you know, trying to um. Uh, talk about within the film. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is um, funny. And then I, uh, for me, I, you know, I also was, uh, you know, in a uh, multicultural household. So like, you know, my, my parents are, are from Haiti, I grew up with a very mixed family. Uh, so I grew up with all sorts of people, but yeah, I, I found more acceptance with my um, black friends, um, Asian friends, uh, uh, Latin friends than I did with white friends. I always, I always know that like, if I have a white friend in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's an expiration date. Like I probably won't be friends with this person for much longer, you know, past this class, let's say, or past this, whatever, I probably won't be talking to this person anymore. Um, and that, that can happen with, with, um, black people too. And in my, in my experience, you know, I've, I've had black friends that I, I have lost over the years. You just lose touch. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, the, the sort of like acceptance, um, for me, I, I, I just liked being, I like being myself and idiosyncratic. I, I like just being weird with everybody. I'm, I don't know. I don't know how else to be. So, um, anyway, but like your story, um, is about a woman who loves journey. Mm-hmm. She, it's a secret. Yes. She just wants secret. to be accepted. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then she has this like weird secret. So like, um, what, uh, what would you want for it, for it to happen? Like it, because like, um, I'd love to know about like your goals for, for this script, because it's, it's a great concept. It's super fun. It's a great script. I loved reading it. Um, it's won, it won an award, um, which is huge. Cause it's like squid game, like the, the page international, you know, script award, because it's like the number of writers that make it to the top is, is it's small. So yours was selected. So, so it's resonating with people. Um, like what, what's, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, it's amazing. And this is yeah. the first script you ever wrote. So like, what would you want for it? Like, would, would you want this, this particular character to um, be in a TV story or be in a, a full length movie? Like what, what, what would you love for, for this story? Yeah. You know, when I started this, I, I was really writing it because I, you know, I was really inspired by Isa and uh, you know Viola Davis, you know people saying we have stories to tell and this is a, mm-hmm. this is your story, this is unique to you, so, you know. So I I just was writing to write, and then I fell in love with writing, um, and I'd always been a writer, but I'd never shared my my work with anyone, so it was a really scary process. And then when I entered it into Page, I 
I didn't really know what Paige was all about. And mm. um, and then I freaking won the thing. I, the anniversary of that's coming up in a couple of days. They're about to announce new winners this year. Um, but I, after that, I ended up going on and winning a pitch contest. And um, in that um, place, the the judges were like, this, this, should be a proof of concept for something bigger. Yeah. And so I started working on um, creating a Bible and just started because I was like, will this be like a one note thing? Like, I don't know how. And then and now I've come up with, a, I think, a pretty wonderful story for um, a pilot. And uh, I have um, a Bible ready. Um, so when we go out to film festivals, I, I can use the um, short as a proof of concept for a future series. That's amazing. I it, it has it it has that potential to be something bigger. I mean, when we were talking about um, high fidelity uh, a couple of days ago, you and I, and and that was that was a great movie. Uh, it was a great movie, sure, a great book. But I loved how they took um, that story and made the main character Zoe Kravitz. So it was like it was another awkward black girl. Um, you know, living in the city, loving music, loving all kinds of music, having friends and having her life. Uh, but of course that show just survived 10 episodes and is I'm gone. So, so about that. <laughs> yeah, it was a great show. Great. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if it was backed by uh, like a, a, a black writer, black showrunner. I, I don't know because it, um, it was, I guess, a white production, um, more or less. And then, and then there's Zoe as like executive producer. So maybe, I don't know. I think it got they, screwed over by the pandemic. I think that that's what happened. Like, you know, everyone's starting to freak out about money and whatever. Uh, production. Yeah. Yeah. Not wanting to, to give money to, to that particular show, yeah. but, but I don't know, maybe if it was, but maybe if it was in the hands of somebody else, would it, yeah. would it have gotten better reception? Is it, is it that she was to, too much of an in-betweener? Mm-hmm. Are people ready for an in-between for black girl? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you can't sort of just a, define. Yeah, little, yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. Um, they need to be <laughs> because there's a lot of us out there. We um, exist. We exist. All right, and we have Auntie Maxine as our yes, <laughs> as our guru. So <laughs> she will get to the bottom of this. She will get to the bottom of it. But um, you know, what was because I, I had Christina Thomas on going back to making the movie. Um so um okay, I guess all the way back, did you submit the script before you made it? Did I, I submit the script to Paige before yes. you made the movie? It's a screenwriting award. So yeah, that's, I, um, I was looking for money to make the movie. And so I just started submitting to anything that had prize sort of prize, you know, um, things, uh, cash prizes. And, um, yeah, I, I, I submitted to them. Um, I submitted to, I think three things and, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah, they, so, and, but it gave me momentum. I, I was blown away by winning. And so I was able yeah. to use that. And, and Paige is a wonderful uh, place to submit to any screenwriter out there. They've been like for the whole year, they sort of um, gave you all these different opportunities to meet people and to, you know, be um, seen. And yeah, uh, it, it gave me a lot of momentum. 
Oh, that's amazing. Cause that, that was my question was that was, was, um, winning the, the page award was that, uh, sort of like the catalyst to making the movie, but like you've always wanted to make it. I was gonna make the movie. And honestly, to some degree, it made it a little bit bigger, which made it a little more overwhelming for me. I mean, I've learned so much uh, mm -hmm. in making of this, but I, um, yeah, it, it just, it, <sighs> I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't know what the heck page awards is. So right. it, um, it is what it is sort of what you make it to be too. Like if you use it, I mean, just saying award winning or whatever, like it just, it just helped a little. And, and when I got my director on board um, and we started adding our team, everyone was like, this can be, this, this can be, um, we could get a really excellent cast. Like I was thinking of just having, you know, people I knew I'd written for I mean, I'm an actress. I knew. Yeah. People. So I was like, I, I can have this person in there. And I just, I was going to do it extra low budget. And, mm -hmm. and then um, and I also didn't understand the rights, um, the music rights situation. And so uh, Paige also helped with that. Like, I was oh, able that's to amazing. Like, oh, we won a Paige award. And, and so people, they were like, oh, okay, well, this, take this person seriously. They have something good here that other people think is good. So, so yeah, it definitely helped, but it helped raise the profile of it. Um, but yeah, it also made it, you know, a bigger <laughs> budget. <laughs> because the, the reason that I ask is that there are a lot of writers that, that just write scripts and hope that it gets, um, it gets the attention of an agent or a manager or a writing um, like a, a showrunner that's looking to, to staff a room yeah. um, there, there are, and there are people also who write because they want to direct it. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're in, like, when you wrote it, you were like, I'm making this. Yeah. Like it was always that, that kind of path. Yeah. You know, it was, I, I don't have any regrets, you know, but it is a, and it's something that I would, I would enter in, uh, in future work again, for sure. I, I will be more prepared next time around for all that I can do with the page award. I, I, this was my first um, script ever. So when they started setting me up with meetings with agents and managers, everyone's like, what else do you have? I don't have anything, you know, like that sort of thing. Like it's a really, um, great award to win if you have been in the business for a while and have a lot of stuff to show um and and you're just like looking for a leg up like it, it can be really helpful for me um i think everyone was sort of like oh we'll see now you're on a radar we'll see what you got you know in a year or two or whatever so it was sort of um i guess i'm sort of like you know people are waiting to see what happens with this so are because I, I know that this is your baby, but like, um, are are there other things that you want to explore? Is there are there other subjects that are absolutely. tickling your fancy right now? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, I don't. I'm not ready to talk about them just yet, but I have two projects that I'm I'm writing. One that's with my husband. One that's uh, involving. Um, interracial relationships. Okay. Uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I'll have to pick your brain for some of it. Sometimes. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Having an interracial relationship during the time of George Floyd and, and all the discussions that come up. With, uh, OMG. Yeah. 
but uh, wow, yeah. um, I think I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing that that you won um, the page. Um, it's your first script, like that's incredible. Most people, it takes years um, for something like that to happen, and that just goes to show that like the next thing that you write is going to be great. Like you're, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so this is amazing. Okay. Now let's go back to your past. Let's go into your past. You were a Nick City dancer. Um, and which is like that, that's um just so fun and and interesting. Uh you you had a great experience, you were telling me. I'm curious because also that you know, there's a lot of controversy in the news about um like the pay and equity NFL NBA cheerleaders have been underpaid for decades. Um, they they earn sometimes less than minimum wage. Um, play while you know they're rooting for players that are earning millions. Um, how did you make ends meet in New York City at that I, time? Yeah, I hustled. I mean, all of what you said is true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I went in knowing, I, I guess, I don't know, you go in as a, as a professional sports dancer knowing this. And mm-hmm. so you, you just have supplemental income. We're the hardest freaking workers out there. It's like, uh, it, I, I woke up, so I had a marketing, I had a communications degree from University of Cincinnati and, and I was working in a marketing, market research facility. Mm-hmm. And so I would conduct like market research stuff early in the morning with doctors, you know? Uh, so I would have like a 6 a.m. morning. Um, God, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so hard. I'd have to pack all my bags for the day and schlep over uh, to the office, work there until two, three, four. And then I would run over to um, wherever we were practicing or having rehearsals, or I would ask to get out early and go to the games at, you know, MSG around like two or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we would, I would have a whole night of, of, of dancing. Um, and then I'd get home probably like 10, 11. I mean, we rehearsed for like three hours. Wow. We would get a flat um, fee for rehearsals and games, I believe. So it ends up being, I mean, the Knicks, New York, we made the most of probably the NBA, Mm -hmm. um, us and the Lakers, I think, but we're also in New York and, you know. Yeah, big cities, yeah. But um, we would um, get flat fees, but we could make a lot of money on the side doing promotional events. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would do bar mitzvahs. I would dance at bar mitzvahs. We um, did after school programs at, um, those were more volunteer work, but, you know, after school programs um, uh, where we were teaching dance to kids, which I loved. That's um, amazing. And yeah, lots of little um, NBA led events. I mean, I got, the, I got the tour of the Great Wall of China with wow. Robert Parrish, who was, you know, old NBA player from the, back in the day. And I got to go um, dance in Paris uh, at an all-star game. I mean, we had a good time. It was all the perks out for me, all the perks outweighed the lack of pay. Yeah. Um, today I was watching um, just uh, you know, thinking about the, like the Lakers uh, cheerleader. So um, it, I connected to Paul Abdul. Yeah. I was watching the making of uh, coming to America and she was talking about the choreography. Yeah. So it, and, 
and you know, she, she, um, she was hired. I mean, she was already like a recording artist. She was about to come out with her album. Um, she had already choreographed lots of movies and TV and whatever, but like, I think that the director hired her because of her experience as, um, as a Laker girl. And that's how he referred to her too. Like, I mean, she had a a career after Lakers, but he referred to her as Laker girl, but you got discovered, um, as a Nick city dancer acting like yeah. you were. So, so how did that happen? Yeah. Well, first it's kind of funny. Like, um, Paul Abdul was sort of the guru woman of like, um, of, of being a sports dancer. Um, yeah. and the woman that founded her, that hired her for the Lakers was the woman that hired me for the Knicks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was pretty dope. So I always felt really cool about that, but, um, but yeah, so I was dancing, I danced for three seasons at the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. And during that time, we got set up with an agent and um, it was, it ma- made sense. Like <laughs> the agent just started submitting some of the dancers for different dance commercials mm-hmm. out there. And it was during a time where there's all the silhouette, you know, iPod ads. Oh, right. And yeah, I booked the first audition I went on and it was an iPod jazz spot with Wynton Marsalis. And, oh, wow. cool. and I, um, I had done one commercial once before. Um, and so I got my SAG card through that, through uh-huh. that spot. And then I went on and booked the next three commercials. And then she started submitting me for non-dance spots. And then I started, you know, getting them too. And, um, they ended up lifting um, from the jazz spot. Uh, they lifted. did you ask for that, or she she just liked your personality and was she, she liked, saw a spark? Yeah. She yeah that. And then uh, and then I I was like I I mean you get the check and you're like okay I can actually quit the marketing job and do this full time. And so that's what I did. I mean I actually I didn't. I <laughs> my parents were sort of like what. Um, but then once I started making a lot of money doing commercials, they were like, okay, this is a, this is a legit career, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I quit that and I was auditioning during when I still had the job, I was auditioning during lunch breaks and it was still schlepping stuff. It was nuts. It was a nuts time, but um, yeah, especially in New York to get around, like you have to get on the subway, you have to walk, you're late running, sweaty, it's so hard to live there, but yeah. I mean, it, there's a hustle. I mean, I came out here and it felt like people were just standing still the way I was. Yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, pick it up, like get on it. So yeah, it, get, it gives you some drive, but um, I forget what your question was to begin with. How did I, Um, just so how did you get discovered? And oh, so it so seems like it was that agent that, was. that got you going. It was. And, and it's so funny because growing up, so I, I had done all the musicals in high school and um, I loved acting. I loved it. I just never thought it was a real career. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I never thought it was possible. Mm-hmm. And until I just, every little step just kept getting me closer. And then once, I mean, it wasn't until I started, you know, doing the commercials that I was like, I should be taking acting classes. Like this is, I'm right here. I should do this. So I um, started taking Meisner and I studied Meisner in New York at a theater company. Was it HB Studios? No, no. um, It was called The Acting Studio. Um, Oh. It wasn't wasn't the, 
it wasn't the James uh, Lipton. Lipton. Oh, um, they like kind of knocked off their name a little Ooh. bit. But, uh, <laughs> I know it's like Vaughn's or John's. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. But it was great, and I loved it. And I knocked on a lot of doors and did a lot of repetition, and it was wonderful. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that then I was taking it seriously. And had I been able to sing, I would have tried out for more musical theater in New York but I decided to, um, to move out to LA. Yeah. Cause you, uh, you, uh, you had a bad experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so talk about it. What happened? Um, yeah. So I was in the, the school musicals and I, I um, this is in high school. This is high school. Um, and you know, I'm the lone black, I'm one of three black kids that were in the musicals, maybe, um, not even. And mm-hmm. so we got all the like people of color roles, but I didn't care. I, I was cha-cha, you know, in Greece. I was, I think I was playing an Annie Get Your Gun that had me like as, you know, number one Indian or it was like, the yeah. whole, there are a lot of issues, <laughs> lots of issues, but I loved being on that stage and I love the process of, you know, just creating something. And um, the, the um, show choir basically is uh, performing a musical, you know, all year. Like it's a team sort of glee setting where you're doing all these performances, singing and dancing. Yeah. And um, the director of the musicals was like, you got to, you got to do show choir. Like you have to do this. And I was all ready to quit cheerleading and, and this was going to be my thing. And I think I'm a junior or something like that. And they all, everyone just assumed I could sing. Even I assumed I could sing. I go, I sing in choir at my black church. Like everyone else's loud voices masked my horrible voice. It was before, (laughs) it was before American Idol, um, you know. But even when you're like at home alone, you know, uh, blasting journey, you're. I'm I'm feeling myself. Yes. Like, I'm just like, yeah, man good yeah (laughs) and so I you know went out there I had um I printed off my sheet music I was doing the the musical that was the year before which was Annie Get Your Gun Uh there's a a song called there's no business like show business Mm -hmm. and I handed I I asked my um uh my church pianist to play and I get out there on stage to clear my throat the judges are all the way at the back and everyone's like yeah we're gonna, I think they really just wanted a black person too, you know, like in yeah. their show choir and they're so excited. Um, and I started off and I'm like there and I have my jazz hands and I'm dancing and it comes out in that theater. When you're alone on a stage, it is like deafening. Like <laughs> your voice is really um, there. And it was not there. It was- Oh no. Just a squawking, you know, disintegration. Like I saw everyone's faces fall, and I'm still like trying to ham it up. Ah. Jazz fingers, <laughs> my piano player is looking up at me like, "Dang!" Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It was really a sl- and un- honestly, up until then, and I needed that in my life because up until then, I was, I was, um, you know, a really good athlete. I didn't, I was kind of a natural in those sort of settings. I didn't uh-huh. have a lot of things that I was up against. 
Um, and I didn't handle it well because I just kind of was like, nope, this never doing that again. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. So well, that's another. Was that your first moment where, because you know, you you were saying how like you 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 know seeking we all seek validation, but like yeah. see you know seeking validation, wanting to seem normal. Yeah. Here is this squawk this coming out of your mouth. Thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're 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 the odd person out at this moment. Totally. totally. I did not. I was not happy about it. Oh, <laughs> and no. Then, I mean, and, they, and they came up to me and they were just like, why didn't you tell me you couldn't sing? I'm like, yeah, get away from me. You know? Oh, no, you're exposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that first real moment. And I, that's sort of written into the uh, film, like that moment in adolescence where, you know, you're not what you think. I mean, I was older. I was, you know, like, what, 15. But, um, but yeah, but it was. It, it left was, an uh, indelible uh, mark. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a singer. Um, so then for this, I'm acting in this role mm-hmm. um, for a journey and I have to get on stage and sing. And I really have, was like, <laughs> so I'm doing two. Well, another thing I, I'm, I've written it, I'm producing it. I'm like doing all these things. And I'm like, Shit, I have to act this. Like, I really need to. So I was, I was going through like a acting, I was talking to my acting coach and it was basically a therapy session of like, going back to that moment on stage when I was like, I'm going to have to do this. This is the last time I've ever done it. And it was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. I go back to the um, show choir for a second. So um, you audition the squawk voice came yeah. out embarrassing, uh, but they still put you in the show choir, but like no. as like a background person. No, no, no. I did not make show choir. Oh, okay. No, I did not make it. Oh, I, made that was the, it. I made the musical again. Glee dreams were over. Yeah. Yeah. Glee dreams were over. I made the musical. Right, so, so the musical for Greece was the next year and I made that again, but Chacha doesn't have to sing. So yeah. She's just worked. dancing. She's just dancing. So, um, yeah. Okay. Sing. So, so wow. Okay. So this this movie, the 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 journey movie, was when you actually had to get back on stage and do the voice. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you work <laughs> with go? somebody? Was it like breathing exercises? Well, I wrote a part for me that kind of took the pressure off. Uh, I don't have to be a good singer in this. Mm-hmm. So I, I made it so I didn't have to be a good singer, but I did. I took voice lessons um, just to just to get out of just to know where to breathe. Yeah. You know? um, and, you know, my voice teacher was like, you're not bad. So it kind of was it was nice. And then how did you put your team together for? I don't I don't know if I asked you. No. Um, so, yeah, I. Uh, so, cause it's a personal story, everyone was trying to get me to direct it and I'm not a director. I don't want to be a director right now. Um, yeah. And I knew it would be taking on too much. Um, so I really wanted a black director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I had um, a lot of great help along the way. I had this white girlfriend who's made this amazing film that was sort of, you know, that was helping me. My husband was helping me. Mm-hmm. And then it really was a point where I was like, I need to find a black director. Um, Amy Aniobi was really helpful and instrumental in, in helping um, get a couple drafts through. And I was, you know, in talks with her to direct. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, I landed on um, this woman named Portland Tengavi, who just graduated from AFI. And um, she's part Black and part Persian. Mm-hmm. And she looks Persian, but she grew up with the Black side of her family. So she had a lot 
of connection to the story of not feeling like you fit into the community you love. Right. Um, so I loved her. We really connected. Um, and then from that moment on, um, we also, I, I was introduced to her from my DP, who's this black woman, uh, who's really, really talented. And also worked with Amy a lot. Also worked with Amy a lot. Yeah. Um, her name's uh, Kalila Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so I had these two girls and then Kalila introduced me to our producer, um, this woman named Alexis Sterling. And, mm-hmm. um, and then from there on, we just kind of like, my husband is a director and knows a lot of people um, and so we just kind of started, I mean, budget wise, figuring out where we could, you know, ask for favors, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. We, we got um, help with casting. We got, you know, a lot of, a lot of great people. Um, all of our posts has been um, people that have just wanted to help amplify us and, and you know, just working towards um, helping make our story look good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we, <laughs> it was that, it was, I keep trying to figure out what I like the most, the, the pre-production posts or, um, or actual production. And I, I really did like the gathering of the team at the beginning. Um, yeah. People excited about, oh yeah, I read your story. Yeah, I wanna, you know, Portland after a while got a lot of her, like a lot of the crew um, that mm-hmm. she knew and worked with too. So like lighting staff, uh, yeah, sound. That, that came uh-huh. her. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, all of that. But we were still shooting during a pandemic and it was right in the spring. We didn't know how things were, the vaccine had just started rolling out. So it was it was hard to get, it was hard to, to gather the, tr- I mean, getting extras was impossible. So, and that's, so that's that. another layer too, because it also, that also feeds into the budget is um, with pro- uh, protocols. So yeah. you have to get someone, did you have to have like a COVID person yeah. on staff? Yes. Gosh, I wish, I, mean, I wish, me, I wish, and that's, that's the kind of thing. Once, once um, it's not blaming Paige, but once it bumped up to like a, a legit level, we, ha- we really needed to do legit. We couldn't sort of just like once we went, we went SAG and then we really had to go sort of by the real rules of everything. I mean, I guess you always do, but, um, but I really kind of thought we would like be able to, oh no, we don't need a COVID. Just everyone be careful, but no, you, you really have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything can happen. Uh, and, and you want to be as safe as possible. I was naive to all that, but yes. Yeah. But I mean that, that it just, it just takes doing to, to, to learn. Um, so, if you could, uh, my last question is about, and we'll play a game, is uh, pro tips. Um, so the thing about getting a team together, and that's really exciting, like all the major movies, I don't know, I can think of the old movie that pops in my mind is like The Italian Job or like Fast and the Furious, your, your friend, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fast and the Furious. But like in both those movies, they're putting the team together. Um, to do the, to do the thing, to do the heist, you know? Um, and so that's, um, those are fun to watch them. Yeah. Yeah, So that's really exciting. But the one thing that they never tell you is that the, the rate talk, like, how do you do that? Cause it's like a game. Um, it's like, uh, you know, you, you ask the, the cinematographer, well, what's your rate? And then the person comes back, well, what's your budget? So like, What's a pro tip for, for all those that are like trying to do what you're doing right now? 
Oh boy. Yeah. That's, uh, that was where my biggest learning lesson lied probably. Okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, you have like, you have to trust who you hire. So, you know, I hired, uh, you know, a wonderful line producer and I said, you know, and we knew our budget and we we're like, this is where I think, you know, I wanted to pay everyone equally and fairly. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? That, yeah. Um, um, it's a short film. Right. No, it's a short film. We cannot afford to do people's top of the budget. And we we didn't. We wanted to bring in a group of people that were excited about the project. And we did. Mm-hmm. Um, still, um, after a while, I, I, I couldn't, you know, manage what everyone's getting. And I just left it to her. And she did a great job of just saying, this is, everyone's getting this rate. Yeah. And that's, can you do that's it? What can you do it? Um, and I mean, we ended up going over time and, and then that kind of killed us. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I got a lot of comments from people that had done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were always saying, you know, get, get people that really are excited to be there. Yeah. Um, I think these were, you know, old white guys that were telling me that, um, that's true, but people want to get paid. And there is a thing within our, in, within our business that if you're cheating people, it doesn't help the business as a whole, you know, like if you're no. not properly paying people, it just doesn't, it, it, I don't, it doesn't send a good message out there. Cause it, you know, People deserve to get paid. We've been working Um, and everyone worked their butt off. So yeah, I think it, you know, it's something you have to discuss first um, with your line producer, exactly what the limits are and, and kind of take it from there. It's, it's going to be over most likely. So yeah. Yeah. Go as as low as you can go without feeling like you're cheating people out of their hard work because it, the three day we shot for three days and it, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot, but right. make, I mean, make the set fun. Like I, I felt like my job was really to, to add some like excitement and energy. And, um, I kind of think that's the actor's job anyway, <laughs> you know, to, um, to not be, you know, grumpy or pissy or whatever, and just be, and just make it, you know, a enjoyable space. And, yeah, that would be my pro tip, I guess. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well, congratulations. Um, let's play a game. Yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, and then also, oh, finally, um, how can people see it? Can people see it? Not yet. It's not festivals. ready for, yeah, it's going to be doing the festival rounds. Um, hopefully, I mean, yeah, don't be presumptuous, but yeah, I, I, I want it. It'll be in festivals and then I will be able to have a link um, probably through a website. That's great. It's awesome. Very exciting. Let's play our game. 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 And this game I pulled out of my butt. It's, uh, is it a journey lyric or an old tweet from Donald Trump? 
Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, Trump is the worst. I can't even. Because it's basically. <laughs> and Trump in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like he, you know, you know, we were talking earlier about angst. I feel like he's inspired by sort of like angst rock, like, yeah. you know, how Tony Soprano put on Journey, like, um, <laughs> yeah. or or Christy, Chris, Chris Christie. I was going to say Christy oh, Christie, but Chris Christie. <laughs> Christy Cream, Christy, yeah. Christy, yeah. Well, we love Christy <laughs> Cream, but like, um, he loves the boss. He loves Bruce yeah. Springsteen. Yeah. They love yeah. a power ballad. They do. And so movies. do I. Oh, yes. God, am I an old white man? <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> So you have to guess, like, is it a journey lyric or an old tweet from Donald Trump? Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> They're seeing through the promises and all the lies they dare to tell. That's Trump. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> it's Journey, the song Only the Young. Oh, God. <laughs> That's on the lower list of my so journey songs anyway. Oh my God, I got the first one wrong. Oh no. I was like, that's definitely Trump. Oh God. Okay. Next question. You did good with these. Like I can already tell. Get going. Move forward. Aim high. Plan a takeoff. I'm saying Trump. That is Trump. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to do all of them in the voice of like a Trump. It's been a, or you're you're like kind of the power ballad, like <laughs> the stanzas of a. It's all connected. <laughs> but yeah, that's a Trump Trump tweet. Okay. Um. Next one. Mm -hmm. Paying anything to roll the dice just one more time. <laughs> some will win. Some will lose. <laughs> Some were born to sing the blue. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Journey, don't stop believing. Mm -hmm. Okay. What separates the winners from the losers is how a person reacts to each new twist of fate. I think that that's Journey. That's Trump. Oh, <laughs> it really could have went either way. It's I was like, Trump. I don't know this song, but yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I was when I saw, I was like, oh, twist of fate. Like, yeah, that's, that's, it would totally do a song about twists of fate. I know, twist of fate sounded like a lyric for sure. Yes, that's what got me. If if it was just the beginning, I would be like, okay, that was Trump. But the twist of fate. <laughs> okay, next one. It's been a mystery and they still try to see. That's the end. It's been a, I'm saying journey. That's journey. Who's crying now? Yeah, that's yeah. Last one. Break those chains that bind you. Journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Separate ways. I love separate ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. What's my total? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess um, you did great. I would say 85%. I give you a B plus. All right. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. But yeah, those Trump, those Trump tweets, he was inspired by something. Something. Oh, my God. Or that. Yeah. That woman was in his ear just writing things for him. Oh, oh, yeah. What's your what's your face with the hair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What well, that whole regime. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
Bye-bye. But yeah. Okay, so my exit question, what's making you happy these days? Hmm. Well, gosh, am I going to be so cliche by saying the crisp in the air and feeling like fall and pumpkin and Trader Joe's smells? Nice. No, Trader Joe's smells. Well, you know, like when you walk in, you're like, actually, maybe I'm happier now, but a couple years ago, I would have been like, oh, they're overpowering me. I would have been annoyed. But this year I walked in, I was like, it smells like fall in here. I love it. Nice. You're you're feeling hopeful. I'm feeling hopeful. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Everything else is not like that before. That's, uh, that's a a really great feeling. I, I love it. Um, I, I, I bought, um, well, I guess, um, I typically am like bah humbug for like, uh, and I know that's a Christmas thing, but like for like holiday decorations and I bought, uh, one of those, like, and my, 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 um, family was just like, Oh, let's, you know, let's, I don't know. My son was like, Oh, can we do something, anything for, you know, the holidays? Anything everyone has like, yeah. Yeah. For like Halloween or whatever. So like (laughs) I, I bought like, um, like a little haunted house that we could build together. And then I, I found these like little um, pumpkins yesterday and there were three different sizes. And I thought like mom, you know, mama, papa, son, and I was showing it to him and I was like, what does this remind you of? And he was like, uh, pumpkins, uh, uh," like anything else. Like, I'm like, what about a family? (laughs) He's like, Oh, not really. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, I guess the holiday, you know, Halloween fall. Yeah. I'm getting into it too. Yeah. Well, like I, it. I, cause once it, I mean, once we tiptoe into Christmas, it is, I am bah humbug. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Love it. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna enjoy the fall and pumpkins and I don't really get into all the Halloween decorations or anything, but I'm going to, I'm going to live. I'm going to do it this year. And then, and then, yeah, the end of the season for me is Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But, do, but do you and our, your husband like make magic happen for the kids? Like for, for Halloween, for, for, for like Christmas, for, for the holiday, like my, I'm married to Mr. Holiday. Oh, like, he like goes nuts to the point that it's, it's too much. Like, it's just way too much. I can't keep up. And the kids are like hopped up on sugar, like nonstop. And it's just like, ah. oh. um, but yeah, he's Mr. Holiday, which is really sweet. They'll have the most wonderful memories and, and everything, but it, it, it becomes a lot. Oh, nice. But I mean, it's nice for them, but yeah, yeah it's just like, uh, for you, I'm like you want to do what? Uh, okay. Like hay rides or whatever. Yeah, I'm not driving out to like pick my own pumpkin or tree or cut down the tree yeah we did that once and that was fun in woodland hills um yeah but yeah i know i know (laughs) me too i'm just like whatever who cares um but maybe i'm projecting maybe i I don't know who knows whatever (laughs) something to talk about in therapy okay so how can people find you i am on instagram um at i am erica hamilton and I, I mean, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, but Instagram's my, my bag. Um, and we are going to be revealing um, a new title for our short film soon. And you could follow us now at um, Untitled Short Film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
I have a website. You can find everything basically through my Instagram page. Yeah. So untitled short film is its own Insta. Insta, Yeah. Yeah. And so it will be changing. That will be changing. Uh Oh, yeah, that makes me happy, too. I'm excited about that. And obviously getting this film completely wrapped. I'm very excited about. Okay, so when this airs, it it will it might already be revealed or you might um, you might find out just as it's happening. So but either way, get into it. Find Erica Hamilton on Instagram. Um, Thank you so much. This has been great. This was so much fun. Thank you. Uh, We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.